What are you doing rattling the paper? Trying to get you noticed that we're testing. Test, test. I thought Tech, we check. weren't going to test. I thought we were just going right to the, the Robin Gibb. Here we go, Robin Gibb. <laughs> <laughs> we're going right to it. Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it. Hi, this is Brian White. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of Celebrity Soul Speak with Brian and Renee. Robin Gibb. My wife, Renee, is a medium, and I've been a radio personality for over 50 years. The other side established communication with us because they wish to stay in touch with this dimension. They know I truly love and respect music and the artists that perform it, and Renee is a huge music fan as well. We started this podcast and have been interviewing celebrities that have passed over. We're giving them a platform, and they have a lot to say, and we're in contact and passing along their thoughts. The Brothers Gibb formed the Bee Gees in 1958. The band was composed of Robin Gibb, his twin brother Morris, and Barry, the oldest brother and lead vocals. The Bee Gees were popular music performers in the late 60s, early 70s era. In the mid-70s, disco hit and propelled the brothers into disco stardom when they performed on the soundtrack of Saturday Night Fever. We spoke with Robin, who passed over in 2012. Robin Gibb of the Bee Gees. Wow, Robin, what's going on? How's life been on the other side? Robin says, I'll take it. It's pretty good. I wasn't sure if I was invited to your little shindig. Of course you are. Always. I'll go back to New York mining disaster in 1941. That's about as far back as I go with the Bee Gees. And I think that's pretty far back. So I've been with you guys all the way through. Went through some changes, Robin said. We were right in the middle of all that. Yeah, tell us a little bit about it. It got crazy pretty fast. We were just this group called the Rattlesnakes. Doesn't ring a bell. Was it the name before the Bee Gees? Yes, that's right. We changed our name later on. When we left Australia, we changed our name to the Bee Gees. Then we decided to switch things up a little bit, and Barry took over all the lead vocals, and that's when things began to change for us. Well, was that good or bad? Robin continued, It was fun, great fun for a while. We had a lot of fun traveling, touring. We had a lot of fun meeting people, and we had a lot of fun performing. It was great fun. We were given a lot of opportunities, and we met a lot of interesting people. I wouldn't trade any of that. I would not trade a single moment of that. It wasn't until we began to get tired, though, and it felt like we had to keep on going. They were saying, you can't let people take your records. You can't let people take your place. You're going to fall out of rotation. It felt like we had to keep going, keep going, keep going. Biggest thing that happened was we took it upon ourselves to split for a time. After all, we're brothers. We weren't going to leave the family, but just split up, get a bit of fresh air. And it was the best thing that could have happened with us. We had just had a great time doing what we wanted without people breathing down our necks and saying, you have to have another number one. You have to have another number one. Intense pressure, you know. It took our brother because he felt like he had to keep up, too. Yeah, I just watched the story of Andy Gibb. It was intense for him, too. Robin says, intense and difficult. We didn't know how to help him. He was not able to deal with the pressures. You know, I think a touring is a double-edged sword. You like going out, talking to people, meeting people, singing, but 80 cities, 90 cities, 100 cities, it's inhumane. You want to be able to perform at your best, and you can't perform when you're in the hotel rooms or in a bus. You're eating crap. You're sleeping a couple hours a night. It's terrible on the body. Beats you down. I'm just thinking about how our souls have a purpose, and even after we leave this earth and we move on to areas where you are, what's it like now? Are you under the pressure that you were when you were here, or is it a different kind of pressure? Robin says, no pressure at all. No pressure. You know you get to hate the music that you love so much when you have to do it because you are forced to. And I think that we've all managed to regain our love for the music. We've all managed to regain our respect for the work that other people have done. 
I think it's important to try to find that place again because we didn't arrive where we were by accident. But it's interesting to decide to go back to it again because it feels as if it might be too difficult to face. Oh, the music was so great. It's natural to go back there. In the beginning, it was all passion-driven, and you're on your way, and you want to get there, and then after you've performed Staying Alive for the 1,000th time, I'm not sure how special the song may feel to you anymore, or any song for that matter. Robin says, I find myself wanting to just work with other musicians. I find myself listening to other musicians, and I think there's a complex melody that they're building there, or I'm thinking to myself, I might arrange that a bit differently. I also respect that other people have their own likes and dislikes if they have their patterns. And I think, too, that sometimes the music is just as much a reflection of the time that it comes from as the artistry of the person performing it. Don't you find it so? Yes. Don't you think that the biggest thing that you can do is put the music in the context of the time in which it was performed? I totally agree with that. Every era of music has its own special sound to it, based on the culture of the world or time, perhaps. People who create original music is a wonderful thing, and we love that, and I think that it's based on the circumstances of that writer's life and what's going on around them in the world and what's going on around them in the world at that point in time. The Bee Gees, for instance, you started out in the 60s with that certain sound, and it mellowed into the early 70s. Then you came back with the dance stuff. Then you took it to the stratosphere with Saturday Night Fever, perfect for the time. Robin says, Saturday Night Fever was when everything just exploded for us. And you weren't new at the time. You'd been around. You hit the charts in 1967, and Saturday Night Fever hit the charts in late 1977. So you hit with that and the soundtrack, and it was like a reinvention of yourself, yet to the stratosphere level. It was great. Robin says, I wonder what would happen if someone were to cover our music now. What would they change? What do you think? Well, to me, it's in the lyrics and the melody. As long as the lyrics stay the same and the melody stays the same, but if it's done with a newer, more contemporary sound. And it depends on the artist who's doing it. I have never really been a big fan of covers through my life in radio and music. Some covers are good, but it just depends. Like when Pearl Jam did Last Kiss. I'm sorry, I didn't appreciate that. So it just depends. That might have been a bad example. Robin says, no, I think you're right. I think that the music of the 60s was all about revolution. And I think the music of the 70s was about battle fatigue and trying to find a new way to live, and the music of the 80s was about rebuilding. That's how I phrase it in my head anyway. Yeah, that's pretty clear. The 80s was a time for revisited music, and the whole video thing came along with MTV, and it put a whole new shiny thing on music, although a lot of it went electronic. We weren't crazy about electronic music. It put a lot of studio musicians out of work. But going back a decade to the 70s, you were right. The 70s was one of those almost disjointed decades. Some people liked rock, others liked the soft stuff. The 80s brought it all back together again for us. Robin says, yeah, I think that's true. And if that's so, I think the music that's coming out today may become a revolution again, don't you think? Yes, it's very different. We're in a doldrum right now, I think. About five years ago, in the middle part of this past decade, music was really good that was coming out. It was a morphing between electronic dance and hip-hop and other things, but now it's sort of like, I'm not sure where it is. Billie Eilish is out there. Who thought she'd be the next big thing? And she is. Listen to her music and you go, wow, an 18-year-old girl has got it together. Robin says, you're quite the communicologist. I like the references to the current generation. Well, everyone will say, like people over 30 years of age, I don't want to typecast anybody, but they will say today's music sucks or I don't like it. 
Okay, you can feel that way, but the music that's out right now or at any given time is the music for that generation. My parents didn't care for the 60s and 50s music because it wasn't their generations, but we loved it. So the kids that are coming up today hear today's music, and whether you like it or not, it's not as relevant as it's their music. It's their generation. It's what they will know when they are 35, 40 and look back and go, say, hey, that stuff was popular when I was a teenager. I like it. So it's all relevant to the generation. Robin says, yeah, relevant to the generation. I think that the bigger difference may be that some of the musicians from my time and before made a decision to be a musician, and maybe the musicians now are making a decision to be a performer. To know the difference, they're not trained necessarily. They're not making a decision to be a person who pursues a pact of being a musician, wanting to be in a video, thinking that that's glamorous and that will solve their problem. I don't think we've necessarily got the answer. I'm just saying they're approaching it a bit differently. Yeah, and it could be just their generation and the way they deal with things. All generations deal with things differently than the previous one. Robin says, We all have an opportunity to say something with our music, and I look for people who are saying something. And even if ours was to go out and have a bit of fun, go out and meet people and recharge, we were thinking about that or falling in love or things ending badly. We were trying to talk about the events of our lives, and I find that sometimes meets the newer, younger musicians are just talking about looking for a hook, and that's it. We all have an opportunity to say something with our music, and I look for people who are saying something. And even ours, if it was to go out and have a bit of fun, go out and meet people and recharge. We were thinking about that or falling in love or things ending badly. We were trying to talk about the events of our lives and find that sometimes the newer, younger musicians are just talking about looking for a hook, and that's it. The music's not so introspective like it used to be. Robin says, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I don't mean to put anyone down because there are good musicians out there, just that maybe that's not what they are putting out right now. Yeah, and I was thinking about musicians. Define a musician. Is it someone who works on a keyboard all day? Is he or she a musician? Perhaps so, but they're not the same kind of musician. Define a musician is someone who plays the guitar and drums. Now they can duplicate all that on keyboard, and it's just a whole different world now. To me, it's a little bit more surfacey, not so deep, because you aren't using the real instrument. Now, they're still performers, a lot of the electronic dance musicians. They perform on the keyboards. I just called them musicians. Robin, I know you need to go, so this is such a great conversation. Can we call and you continue talking? Robin says, sure, just call. I'm around. Thank you so much, Robin. Yes, thank you so much, Robin. Thanks for joining us. Join Celebrity Souls Speak on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Celebrity Souls Speak. And check out Renee's blog at commonsenseinwilmingtonnc.blogspot.com. Sense spelled C-E-N-T-S.